Deep dive time here at the mailbag. Uh, it's been a hectic few days. Obviously, the night racing at Mooney Valley came to a conclusion. We had some cancelled races up at Rose Hill and throughout New South Wales. So it's made things a little bit easier to process. But we're just going to keep a consistent theme today on the deep dive. We're going to talk about handling track bias, track pattern, uh, perceived changes in the weather and how it results in different bets. But we'll start off with a conversation about Mooney Valley. Dickens, uh, good night there at the Valley. Yeah, great night at the Valley. Um, pretty hard to lose when we found that first winner at like $10 or $12. Um, and, and once it sort of landed 1-8, like instantly it wasn't hard to sort of have a little bit more on. Um, it, it was a really good start to the night. The time... Now, people were talking about it's like the fastest 1,000-meter race or fastest what it's something race in like history or something at Mooney Valley. I saw that I saw that on Twitter. That was the uh, 9.55 race, I think, race five. I thought it was race one. Yeah, I don't know. Play on. It's Curly, way, did it's you see important. the narrative on Twitter about race one being one of the fastest 1,000-meter two-year-old races in the history of Mooney Valley? No, nah, I can't say it did. Well, I think I saw it. I better, well, hopefully I'm not making that up. But anyway, beautiful, beautiful thing of punting form. They wind it in and make it right. So that race has run a figure of 8.3, which is very strong for a two-year-old race. But it's not like 16 or something. So um, it's a competitive figure versus the rest of the day, but not enormous. The biggest figure of the of the night was Mask Crusader winning the um, William Reed. Some fascinating tempos. On Friday night, given the way the track was playing and, and did play, um, was it more on speed or was it more rails and run? What's your opinion? It was it was probably rails and run on speed. Yeah, rather I agree than with on that. speed rails and run. But I think the when you read this data, should we start at the William Reid? Yeah, of course. When, when you just look at the the data, which we're doing right now live for the first time, all of us, I think the horse is probably even more impressive. Because they haven't gone quick. Great ride, Nifty Noel Callow, Pippi, like he hasn't overcooked it at all. Portland Sky, great ride, Mark Zara. They haven't gone too quick. Like proper credit to September run, particularly Libertini as well, to circle like they did. They haven't gone that quick. So what are we doing this race going forward then? Because obviously Mask Crusader, Rails and Run, it ran impressive splits through the line, but completely blessed versus the day. And obviously Pike's just like, it's a perfect Pike ride, isn't it? I'm going to sit back on the fence, wait for a gap, go through the gap, away we go. Um, Portland Sky suited. As, as you said, Libertini in September run. What price are they going forward if they turn up in another sprint? Well, then we, we'll get to Libertini's. No, we'll get to September run in a sec because that's a fascinating thing. But I think Libertini's probably got the most merit from this race. Got the SP. It was in lane three, which wasn't the place to be. That was, was first up. That was its first go at Mooney Valley. There was a lot of ticks for that horse, I thought. Um, it's all, obviously always going to be what, what price are they next start if they all raced again, I guess is the hypothetical we're, we're discussing now. I'd expect Mask Crusader would go up favourite and I'd be looking at a bet around it because it would be favourite and because it was blessed in run. 
but it was one of the great rides. Like he has really hit form, and he it was like you said before we started, Pete. He was back in Perth on Saturday. He was he's riding against the, the the B set here, and he taught them all a lesson. Great ride, the winner, Portland Sky flying legitimate Group One horse now. If this is a legitimate Group One, that's here or there. Um, but yeah, September Run was good, and Libertini were good. They're they're the two that I really liked. Libertini and September Run. September Run's SP curls. So I think when we mm. when I price the race, top of head, you you'll know my prices, Peter, because they're our prices. We bet off them all night. I reckon we had September Run like twelve or thirteen dollars. Yeah. Which I felt really uncomfortable about. Because it has paid two dollars like eighty in in a better, stronger race than this last start, and I thought there was genuine excuses in that run, but the way we do it, it just sort of was the price was the price. When the race came around and we saw this horse parade, it had improved lengths upon lengths on on the parade at Flemington to the way I mark horses on their on their parades, um, and it was fucking thirteen dollars a fare. Twelve dollars at least. I probably shouldn't have backed it, but I did. Um, I just couldn't get over the drift with that parade. Obviously, it's always going to have to overcome a bias at Mooney Valley. Even if it's, even if they're swooping at Mooney Valley, this horse is still not going to be suited from that barrier. It's going to be last. There's going to be a horse like Libertini or whatever in front of it that's swooping. But um, huge price, big run. Curls, what do you do with that sort of setup? Well, I. I think I tweeted after the race that September run probably wins that race any other track, any other day. Um, And then we had a bit of a debate after the race. I remember like, um, you know, should should it have been hundreds? Mm. Because of the way the track's playing out. The market's got it right to a degree because it's... um, as you said, it's touched like twelve dollars the fare. So the market's got it right. It was, you know, it was sub five dollars all morning, um, you know, on race morning, and it started eleven dollars the fare. So the market has penalised it, uh, and 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 obviously it's got it right. Um, just I don't know what you do going forward now. Like, you know, it's had two crack, two Group One runs. Um, you know, like. Target race is likely, you know, what now is does it go up, does it go north as an afterthought? I don't know, like maybe Adelaide, Adelaide, Adelaide. Don't they have a few of those Group One sort of mares sprints or something? Is that a thing? Possibly, possibly a Queensland winter. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Like they're around the same time. Yeah, it's hard to know what to do with that horse. I mean, obviously, it's targeted some some better Group One races in Melbourne in the autumn and where to from now and is it an afterthought or whatever else I don't know so and there's probably going to be a few afterthoughts with the the extra week that everyone's got now in Sydney too so exactly. I, I think though if if they run this race a few times and it gets some luck and Master Crusader doesn't get any luck it probably does win like it, it had no favours none no and I think the obviously the first three uh, the First two home did have favours. Mm. So um, that's, you know, that's, it is what it is, I suppose. Like, that's, 
that's racing and it's fair to say that's probably not uncommon around Mooney Valley either, is it? Like, you know, Mooney Valley just seems to, to race favoured in one way or another. Yeah, and no, I thought it was interesting. The The market really did come late for um, Mask Crusader. It, it was the nicest horse we'd probably seen Parade Pete for the last two months, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was with Portland Sky as my main bet, and I... I really contemplated just completely flipping it to Mask Crusader. But in that sort of time of thinking, it went from about 11s into 7s. Yeah, it was like 950 to 650 off the parade. Like, yeah, the track the track had already presented how it was race 7, right? So there's no yeah. surprise left in the track. Great point. It's it's 9 into 650 off the parade. There's no other way to... Do... Mm. That was the move. Yeah, and so that's got a, probably the big Z-man, I, I'm thinking, because... Who else can move it like that? It would have a profile on this parade, Sydney versus Melbourne like that. Mm. Not us. <laughs> but yeah, it was a big go. Like, what do you do with Brooklyn Hustle? Same thing I do every other time. Needs, needs perfect Oppose. conditions. So that's the other thing. Like Brooklyn Hustle started shorter than September run here. That, that, that's what was growing me up. Like yeah. late at night, just trying to digest those fucking chicken tacos. They're enormous there. Peter got the chicken strips with a lot of chips. Childlike behaviour. Um, <laughs> should have seen him at the drive-through because we, we we went home and we we skipped the last curls because it was no good. Just like a four-horse barrier trial. Yeah. And true. um. All you're going to do is get there and try and lay that favourite somehow. It's just some sick stuff. It's bad. So I just got out of there. Took it to Macca's and said, do you want a McFlurry? He said, no. <laughs> ordered, just ordered two anyway, like straight away. Scoffed it. Just saying, giggling like a little boy, you know. <laughs> into your work. Straight into the feed bin. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good, great night. Really, really exciting horse mask crusader. I don't know what they do with lots of these good horses, though. Like, Paul and Sky's been up a while now. Great preparation. Matt Laurie's flying. But they, like, Mask Crusader, Libertini, September Run, even Flit, do they want soft and heavy tracks? Because that's what they're going to get if they go to Sydney, isn't it? You have to think so. I mean, you think Libertini has to go back to Sydney. Yeah. Anyway, like, it was she was first up. Obviously, there's... You know, obviously, she's going to, she's going to go back to Sydney, definitely. So... Um, she's had eight starts on a good track for five wins, two seconds. She's had five starts on a soft track for one second, two thirds. Never seen a heavy. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Yeah, well. But she's flying. That's Sydney, I suppose. It is indeed. Um, Mask Crusader should handle wetter, heavier tracks. And now the extra week between runs, maybe oh, the TJ's all, a big they opportunity. All, they all go there for sure. Yeah. All right. Shall we uh, jump to Mornington then and have a look at some of the, well, I'll use this term loosely, but features. Um, we've already mentioned the fact that Pike cleaned up the narrative and all that, but he, he rode a variety of different styles on the day. He's... Led at an even tempo in Ginger Jones. Um, I thought I thought that ride was so impressive. If you go yeah. back to like the spring 
riding campaign of his. There's no way on, on earth he'd lead. And he, that, there was a big gap, a huge gap to, to third, which you often see in panic and slow. And they, they, they just get caught as they enter the straight and they've got no momentum and they, all the others have momentum and all they've done is just chuck their handbrake on while they're still accelerating. His like, bravery and ability to count, he and Craig Newitt, I think Craig Newitt putting the foot down on Music Edition helped him, but the the thinking and counting on this Ginger Jones ride was outstanding. And, then, and they, they haven't gone quick. They went even. Conversely, the ride on Mount Popper was almost what I would term classic pike for those who follow him in the West. He will often lead and go way too slow. And uh, in the end, that's exactly what's happened on Mount Popper. But none of the other jockeys showed any initiative whatsoever. The B set, C set of the Victorian jockeys just basically fell in behind him and let him do whatever he wanted there. I think I think Michael Walker's exempt from criticism. Like he's sitting outside the horse. What's he going to do? Yes, Jack, you're right. He is exempt from criticism. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. When do I criticise him? No, just in general, Coffin yeah. behind the leader and getting held up or whatever it kind of else. I think. Um, and Michael Walker does cop a fair bit of flack on Twitter as well. Yeah, but not from us. I'm team tripod big time. His ride on Friday night on Quantum Mechanic was was just courageous and smart. As it was as courageous as some rides on the others were completely brainless. Yeah. In that Very race, cool. like horses coming off the fence and not steering around the corner and drifting off the fence was no shock. But at the same time, like surely. You know, we're talking a group one night at Mooney Valley, and surely they're understanding that the inside's superior. Anyway. Yeah, and the, the, but the same can be said for every every single horse here that wasn't first or second in the uh, Mornington Cup. Yeah. Like unbelievably, just sleepy, sleepy stuff. Sleepy, sleepy, sleepy riding. Usual suspects. I don't know what you do with this race. You can't really bag any of them because they're not going to be suited by the slow tempo some of these genuine stayers. Um, I think Mount Popper will be overbet first up. I believe it's being spelled. And then then it has like a Caulfield Cup preparation. I expect it's massively underbet first up. I didn't like the horse much at all as a type. Like I wasn't blown away by it, um, which are the wraps sort of pre-Saturday and, and sort of... Sort of made you think you might be, especially after the same silk, same stable, same rider on Friday night with Mark Crusader. I know that was a sprinter versus stayer, but I don't think he's much chop, and I'll be against him first up, because I expect he'll be very well found. Okay, that's fair. Um, have a look at the Hariba. I, I want to just get your thoughts on this race, because obviously really liked Laverod down the straight at Flemington, arguably didn't get the best uh, ride from Ollie on that occasion. Gets Pike on board, which they made the point. I think Pike hasn't ridden for the Casey Yard in about six years, and he's ridden two winners there out of two rides on Saturday. Um, but Laverod, how you follow up your money ancestry, what do we make of it? I didn't back ancestry, did I? No, no. no I, didn't but, bet, I didn't bet in this race because I was growing up. But that's my question. Like, how did you approach the race going into it? We didn't really discuss it. So, what was your I thoughts thought on Labour? I thought Ancestry would would piss in, but I was concerned Luke Nolan, who's who's cost me a bit of money this last two weeks, 
um, which has been good. Still good two weeks, but he's I've been on the wrong side of him. Um, I was concerned Ancestry, there was a big wind that, that hurt leaders and made a, a slight disadvantage to be rails and run on Saturday. I thought the parade was slightly off Ancestry. Um, and all those combined just sort of grabbed me up enough to not bet. And particularly because I had a very large bet at Labor Rod, two back at Flemington, when when the GOAT put in a bad one, I thought, on it. And um, then, it, then it went and lost it at Chuka or somewhere. So I was just confused with what to do, let it, left it alone. Um, in hindsight, Ancestry's... Luke Nolan's ride on Ancestry was very good. The horse went 3.5 to the 600, 3.5 fast to the 600 at Mooney Valley. He went 3.7 fast at Mornington, so almost identical. No knock the ride. He didn't go too slow. Um, the horse just, for whatever reason, didn't come up on Saturday. Maybe it's had enough. I expect we, we don't see it for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Did um, Serious Suspect just do enough to make it work a bit? Uh, it obviously didn't help, and like... I've tried to stop doing this, but honest to God, two rides, two rides on Saturday were questioned by the stewards. In this race, one one ride was questioned. Like which horse in this race, do you reckon, was ridden to, to give itself almost none? Well, Pete, you wouldn't have watched the race. <laughs> I think Serious Suspect was just diggerized. Like, it hurt Ancestry, but it hurt itself. It should have just got in behind it. Yeah. It was working too, it was working too hard to do what it was doing. It was fucking dumb. Anyway, they questioned Pike's ride on Laverod. <laughs> on the winner. They queried the tactics because he, he didn't go forward. Because it went forward at the Echuca. Yeah, but it didn't go forward at Flemington. They didn't, oh. oh, fucking didn't question the, the great one. Oh, fuck. Honestly. I just, of all the shit we saw there on Saturday, like, we saw the slowest Mornington Cup in, in almost history. No one was questioned. They're questioning a winning ride. Probably probably good point, too, because you've also got Serious Suspect, who was um, $6 to nine forty on the fair. Um, so the market suggested it wasn't winning either. Yeah. 100%. It was... You know, Ancestry was dollar eighty, pretty solid. When it got as what did it get as no, low as no, Ancestry, Ancestry's six, betting what? was interesting, right? It was two dollars about fifteen minutes before. Then when the money starts to come, and it starts to come normally for the shorter priced horses first, it went into a dollar eighty. It jumped about two dollars. Yeah, it's going to say dollar sixty. Fly was a dollar sixty five, fifteen minutes before the race. Yeah, crunched like, and then dollar eighty five. Dollar eighty five ish. The corpse and then evens the fair. And then meanwhile, Labor Rod was ten dollars into seven, mm. which again grabbed me up a bit, you know. Mm. But Labor Rod had been out as well, drifted out. But as they sort of settled in the mid in the mid race, there Pike just got into his work three wide. Um, you could see the on the on the TV there, like they went to the sort of the stewards' view. You could see him just get into his work. Great ride. Questioned. One of the two rides questioned. The other ride that was questioned, and we wonder why we get slow tempos. I think it might have been Carlene Heffel. Welcome back, Carlene, in the staying race. This is this is 
racing in Victoria right at the moment, right? Tactics queried. When questioned, apprentice Carlene Heffel explained that Gelding was having its second start for the stable and she was instructed to try and have Norway in a four position. She said from her wide gate and with little effort, her mount crossed the field to lead. If if they had a, a, a clock, they would understand that it probably crossed with little effort because they went in 15.6 slow to the 600. So this is a race on Saturday... In, in the biggest state for racing in Australia, we think, they've gone 15.6 slow to the 600, and the one rider questioned is the one that went to the front and showed initiative. And an apprentice. So next time this young apprentice gets in the same situation, they're going to go 18.8 slow to the 600. <laughs> like it's, 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 you couldn't make it up. Send her back Drive to Perth. They do a great job, blah, blah, blah. But that's just horrific. Carleen, you're welcome mm. back in WA anytime. Your front-running riding over there was clearly superior to most of the locals. If I was a steward, though, I, I probably still would have questioned her. I'd say, why'd you go so slow? Had to go a bit quicker. Like, great work going the front. Just hand the bus down, baby. Keep going. They're not having a great great trot. No, they're not. They're really not. Saturday's tempos were a disgrace in races one, two, six, and 7. Dom Deschutes' win is is a big effort. That was probably, I thought, his sleepiest winning ride, Pike. He was a bit too far back, given mm-hmm. the tempo, but still too in, good. In saying that, I still thought he always had them covered. Yeah, and, I, and 100% so did I, and 100%, yeah. most importantly, so did he, and he did. Yeah, he but, did. But he, like, there's, he was, it's a situation where you'll see a horse that, just doesn't stop because they've gone so slow, you know, and it doesn't make yeah. sense but because they've gone so slow. Um, fortunately for us, that didn't happen. But the wind on Saturday at Mornington was enormous and has obviously played a, a role in some of these really slow tempos. But we're going to see more of them when apprentices are questioned for going 15.6 slow to the 600. Honestly. Fuck. All right. Mm. Uh, Lucky the data, the data hasn't come through for Evoker yet, has it? <laughs> it was very well back to the winner. Oh, you'd be sick, eh? Imagine if you owned it and and you bet big. You've, you've missed that and the prize money, probably. And, like, it's rolled the, it's rolled the odds on here as well. Like, Which was real soft. It's, uh... Anyway, it's... It's pretty crook. It's nines into five dollars. It was a good go too, the winner. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the fact that there's how many people involved in racing. You know, it's jockeys, there's starters, there's stewards, there's people, race goers who actually know where, you know, various starting positions of each of these races are. And there's multiple guys who have to move the gates and no one at any point actually thought, Oh, hang on, how long's this distance meant to be? Like seriously. Yeah, no no one will be held accountable. Yeah. Interesting. I was. Um, you see it all the time. I, I don't want to. I'm not going to name names here because it'd be unfair. But I was doing a bit of a review the other day, like normal process, and I noticed a horse winning with blinkers on, and um, I went and had a look at the gear, and the horse wasn't listed as being a blinker horse at all. It was <laughs> blinkers off. It's going around and won a race with blinkers on. Like how fucking sharp do you have to be to pick that up as they're going around the mountain? Yeah, when it's your job. 
to tick off every horse's brand and gear as they walk into the parade ring. <laughs> they pay someone to do that. <laughs> like, it, what hope we got? Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kels, we're talking about, you know, handling bias and track conditions and how you adjust on the day. What did you pick up at Eagle Farm that can fill this familiar theme? Well, yeah, it was interesting because, um, well, we went, I went pretty strongly on Chico Milagro in the first um, and it sort of got the right, you know, everything mapped perfectly how I thought and it sort of got to the middle of the track to present and never let down. Um, it's come back to scale making an abnormal respiratory noise was the, um, was the vet report and so were punters um, <laughs> in fairness. I was in a. I was. Uh, I had done, done the form and, and had, I knew which horses I wanted to be on during the day. I just wanted to watch the track, and uh, I was in a car, uh, in a Uber to a party um, at the races. Went to the Gold Coast races on Saturday for a 40th birthday party. It was a phantom meeting because the races had called off due to the state of the track, and I Bible swear not one drop of rain for the entire day. You're not religious, mate. That doesn't mean anything to anyone. No one. You can say you are. No one's believing you. I swear on my kids' health. It didn't rain during the day. Good. The races weren't on. Anyway, another story. Um, So then I sort of just watched a couple. um, And then I I just thought that maybe the track wasn't suiting horses sort of getting to that sort of fifth, sixth, you know, wider and then up in the middle in the straight. So I dogged backing joy maker because of that in the 2200 meter race now it pissed in didn't it trotted it yeah it did it absolutely pissed in um so i thought it was i think i sent well i sent out like joy maker like absolute obvious but i'm not sure whether this track is going to be is suiting the style it gets out to sort of 350 the fair and trots up so at that stage of the day very gray yeah there was a Plus, there's a big tree in the middle of the function room that we were in. Thinking about it. Thought about it. Um, so that's so. I thought, well, okay, so good. So the ride horses can can run on from that spot. Um, and then, so then, I bet in the next two, in the last two races, with that in mind, um, Ventura Ocean took a long time to straighten up, but great ride, a Malian. Um, he had that left left hand rein hard down and, and stick in the right hand to try and get him to come that horse to come across the heels of I think it was Baroda sort of half drifting a little bit in front of him and every time he looked to get past it he'd have to sort of get a bit wider again but uh, got the job done in impressive fashion and then slow hands you know um, same sort of position in run and got to that part of the track as well and was able to finish off and win the last for us as well so um just for the punters at home, I'm sure some of them are thinking what I'm thinking. Why didn't you catch a chopper? Were they down because of the weather? And then, if what, like because of that, how much was that Uber? I was only from the casino to the track, so it wasn't a lot. It was like twenty bucks or something. Oh, so you put yourself in there for the night? Yeah, put myself in into the uh, at the hotel for the night. So um, yeah, I mean that's part. I think that's that's. 
And I'm not sure whether it's this time of year or what or whatever else, but I think when there's weather events around, whether it be rain or no rain, like we saw, you know, we've saw uh, examples recently where um, track managers are un- unsure what to do as far as irrigation is concerned because the rain has been forecast, so they don't water, then it doesn't rain, and then you're on a firm three fast horses running fast, hard to win from the back scenarios. Um, and the sort of, you know, obviously, obviously the rain that we've had on the on the eastern seaboard in Australia this week had no idea what we're coming on going to at Eagle Farm. I mean, obviously Gold Coast had been called off because it was a it was just a bog, and you know Eagle Farm sort of raced a good force slow five sort of range and copped a heap of rain. So um, it's just just be, it comes back to just like you have to watch the races that you're betting into. You have to you have to adjust. You know, I adjusted Saturday at Eagle Farm and you know, we were on the last two winners and that's the difference between winning and losing. I think that's, that's every- a, Yeah, I think that's a really good point though, isn't it? It's very rare that you can go into a meeting expecting like a purely even track from the get-go unless there's very light variable winds, in which case it's really difficult to monitor anyway. Like if it's going in two or three different directions during the day and it's 10 kilometres an hour or something like that, unless, you can probably get away. But... Unless you're at Flemington with a, with a p- precise rail position just about. Mm. That's the only hope you've got in, from what I read of you, what you guys write and from what I know in Victoria, that's about the only place that ever is like, oh, I like this thing, yeah, just back it. Luckily, Ascot yeah. played perfectly on Saturday. That was probably one of the one of those rail positions where it does tend to play very evenly, no matter what happens. So that was well timed. Speaking of speaking of Saturday, Curls, Dees, how, how are you feeling about it? Just a win. Um, we're just we're we're just a team with just a coach. Um, I don't know where the improvement comes from. Compare that, like, as in comparing that, to, say someone like. A club like Sydney Swans. Yes, where, Jack, yes. Where that was like a, a rousing win, let in pencil stuff. The boys are back. Uh, the game plan's evolved. It's changed. There's young, mm. throbbing lads just getting there, getting through their gears. I don't even know who they were. Yeah, that, that full four guy's 18. Unbelievable. Huge effort. Oh, they're, premiership, they're almost premiership favourites. We killed them. They kicked the first three too. I think uh, not only in did they... In two and a half minutes. In two and a half minutes, they kicked three goals. 15 minutes later, first... I, had to get, I had to get Darcy out of bed. I said, mate, you've got to watch this. M's blow up. I said, no, no, no. Let the boy watch. He needs <laughs> to see this. The, um, not only did they kick the first three goals, but a number of um, racing Twitter identities in Brisbane were tweeting, give us the cup now. This is oh. our year. Oh, Talking really? about the Lions. The earliest of early cries you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, it's good to have the footy back. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, it was. Eh? It was bloody good on Saturday night because um, we, we I'd obviously had a pretty good day, and then Benny sent through South to cover eight and a half line, which I thought was a great bet myself. So I pounded that, and then the overs in the Dragons game, and then Pete Fairwell Ascot. And the only thing that the, the only downer. The only Alexander for me was um, <laughs> race five at Toowoomba. I was completely against Absolute Glory, who was the favourite. Um, so I backed three horses at a price. 
One of them was Red Zeb, who got out to $10 on the fair. The kid was three back the fence. Moses parted the Red Seas. He shot through the gap. And I've done the big hands in the air in the middle of the garden bar at the casino. Oh, pissing. Yeah. Standing in the rain, saying, <laughs> I am punting Jesus. And then this fucking semaphore girl has come from nowhere and knocked me off right on the line. <laughs> oh. If someone wants to sponsor us, I'll sort it out. We'll just get a cameraman following Curly around for a Saturday. Or maybe a week. A week with curls. <laughs> uh, so... To commiserate, I've gone straight to the bar and there's a bit of a lineup. So I'm buying drinks like you know, you buy like a mojito or a vodka and soda and lime, and then you buy a chaser like a white claw hard soda can. So you scull them with your glass so you can fill it up with the other vodka and soda can at the same time. <laughs> Always find the rot. Oh, didn't end well, as you could imagine. But it was a winning week, and you should be, I should be grateful. It's good fun. Yeah. Footy was back. Winning bet, winning bets on the mailbag app, on the footy's always good. Found myself running three screens on Friday night, betting Sunny Coast, Mooney Valley, NRL, and AFL. Yeah, hectic yeah. setup. Those same game multis are intense, eh? Like they 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 really make shit games, and they the games are I think too long. I preferred the shorter. AFL games, mm. but they make them a lot more watchable when you, when there's no sting in it. And you're just all you're doing is just looking for that little prick. Where is he? Yeah, yeah that, get another one. Just, get another one. Get another one. <laughs> kick it. I kick think it. It's great because I find myself like cheering the player on, not the team. Like, yeah, you know, the, the man that we're on playing loose man in defence that needs twenty touches and he's racked up sixth in the first quarter. And you're like, good boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How sick was Friday night though? With the Setterfield near no, just... two to. Two touches and like the fifty to one multi sort of missed out because Setterfield hasn't been on the ground for five of the last six minutes. Yeah, yeah. and then the missus is like looking at you, going like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" It's like back when you were a kid, like playing fantasy footy, you know. No, I just need all I need, baby, is this guy to find two more touches, just two, yeah. just two. Why him? Well, because the barefoot boys told me to do it. Because oh, you don't need shoes to bet. Um, what's the week ahead, guys? Oh, hang on. That's a good question. Well, I'm still... Where it's... Where are we? Monday morning here, 10am, and it's still raining. Um, Bow Desert's on tomorrow. I'd be unlikely to go ahead, I would have thought. It, uh, Ipswich Wednesday will be wet. Uh, Warwick on Friday. Warwick's like this real, like, Ridge Darling Downs black soil track. That once they get a millimetre of rain, it turns into a bog hole. So that'll be interesting to see what happens with Warwick on Friday. Um, and then Saturday, it's Doom and Gold Coast and Toowoomba for me. So it'll just be really just be waiting to see what happens with the weather. But... Well, there's, um, there's there's a horse I've black book that goes around tomorrow at Benalla. So I've just got to finish that race off and um, we'll likely be having a big bet there in the maiden. Um Sandown on Wednesday, Pete, where we'll probably be confined to sit right near everyone else and not allowed to utilise the entirety of the grandstand again. Um, my patience with that is about to evaporate. We're also not allowed to go down one side of the... Curls, listen to this for peak racing. 
We're not allowed to go one side of the fence because it's too close to where the jockeys and trainers congregate as they put the the jockeys upon the horses. But we sit right behind the trainers in the grandstand. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking peak racing. Um, anyway, looking forward to seeing down. It's my favourite track. Um, I think we've got two left and we have a little break. So hopefully we can maintain the, the winning run there. Um Packing and Kilmore Maidens Thursday. That'll be all we'll be doing. Probably same same go Friday. Um, I'll probably go and do the whole night at Cranbourne on Friday night. Um, and we're going to have a, a a young bloke making his debut for the mailbag on Saturday at Bendigo. Um, I can't, I can, but I don't want to go. So I'll, it'll be my prices. His his yard. So uh, exciting little. Day there on Saturday for a good young man, and then um, sail maidens on Sunday. Beautiful. Meanwhile, I've got uh, I'm back on course at Ascot this week uh, for the WA Oaks COVID pending, which is exciting. So uh, I'll have that, and then next week we've got the Good Friday meeting at Ascot once more. So it'll be the only show in town. We've got a good record in that meeting historically. Good record. Yeah. Should have seen Curl before you joined. One year, I reckon he spent like. 18 units and returned 104 or something. It was fucking unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Including backing. And there was uh, nothing else. There was nothing else to do all day, so there was no excuse to like miss any of them. You got every bit of it. It was fucking enormous. Back to 101 shot the last. Man. Fancy not racing Good Friday. God. It's almost as stupid as the AFL people doing their COVID safe distancing interviews post race, uh, post footy game. And then the interviewer goes and shakes hands with the player after they finish the interview. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get it. (laughs) Jesus died for us to bet on Friday. Yeah, and like, it's just like Sandown. Like, they want us to social distance, but they they like don't let us use the entirety of the grandstand. All I want to do when I go to the races is. And socially distance myself. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right. Very good, lads. Uh, we'll catch up later in the week to preview Bendigo and whatever. No, we'll, we'll be on RSN tomorrow at about midday, probably, doing a midweek masterclass for Sandown, wherever we're racing in Queensland. Probably, I don't know if Broden will even be on because they're probably still called off there in Sydney, but we'll do <laughs> Perth of your racing. Tuesday night, we'll record the Barefoot Punter, which will be NRL and AFL review, chat about whatever's going on. Who knows? This week, maybe Curly might jump on or Roden. Each week, a few of us are going to rotate through. Then on um, Wednesday, we bet. Thursday, preview shows. We've got the Golden Slipper preview show, take two. <laughs> That's the fucking strip for me. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that till just then. Yeah. Oh, well. 12 races of joy. That's a complete strip. Anyway. Um, yeah. Big couple of days, guys. Fire up. Get excited. Die rise and salvo. Life's going to get a lot easier here at Seaford. Have a great <laughs> week, guys. Bye for now. <laughs>